So my husband, Charlie, has been in the wine business for 30 years. And he has so much knowledge about managing people. And, and I mean, a lot of it is because, you know, he's, he's been doing it so much longer than me because he's so much older than me. But <laughs> I love being able to pick his brain about, like, the details of wine. And this week, our text is about Jesus as the true vine and God as the vine grower. And so it was like I had a H-I in my house. Human intelligence, that is. It was very nice. I actually think it's a little bit more reliable than artificial intelligence. So this past, since the beginning of the year, we've been looking at these different I am statements in the Gospel of John. And every time Jesus says, I am blank, he fills it in with a metaphor that any first century Palestinian would have been able to identify with. So I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the way, the truth, and the life. These would have been things that everybody would have been able to look at around them and identify with. And so what we know about this area where he was teaching is that it was filled with vineyards, both for grapes and for olives. And so this would have been a beautiful image for those first century folks to be able to identify and really grasp who Jesus is and who we are as parts of that body. I think it is very relevant for us today, whether you're into wine or not, but as we prepare to go on this vineyard tour, will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we thank you that this world is in your hands. We thank you that we are here for only one reason this day, and that is to welcome you with praise Almighty God of love, may we experience you through this word and this music and these holy moments this day, and may it give us encouragement for our life. We pray this in Christ's name, amen. So we look, we're looking at the 15th chapter of the Gospel of John, and this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He says, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In this metaphor, all of us, all of those who have put their faith in Christ, we are the branches of the vine that is Christ And God is the vine grower. God is the one who tends and cares for the vine. The goal of the vine grower is to do one thing, produce amazing fruit. The fruit that is produced in the vineyard of God, well, we know it as the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to see how Jesus names that a little bit later in this passage. In order for the vine to produce this amazing fruit, though, the gardener needs to do something to the plant. It needs to be pruned, 
And the branches need to be abiding in the vine. And Jesus knew this. And so Jesus says five times you need to abide in me. And that those branches, if they are going to bear fruit, they must be pruned. So first, pruning. The word prune in Greek means to cleanse or to purify, and so that's why Jesus says, you have already been cleansed. You're already in this pruning relationship with me. Once you are part of the vine, it begins. You are going to be pruned in life. And this is what we know about pruning vineyards. This is in the wineries. This is what we know. So here is a root with its vines and its branches, and pruning determines how many shoots will grow next year and where they will be located. So this is what it would look like for this to be pruned. They would cut away until the, there are just two branches remaining, and then those branches would then be tied to the wires. In doing this, it shapes the plant and it gives the branches what they call a reset. It gives them an opportunity to start new every year. And that's the thing about pruning, is that you can't skip a year. The vines must be pruned every year, and pruning causes repercussions. It will not show any buds for months. When you look out over a, a vineyard that has just been pruned, it looks, in my opinion, dead. It looks like there is nothing there. And yet, what does the vine grower see? The vine grower sees the possibility of what it will be for the future. Pruning is the method to reshape the vine so that it will bear more fruit in the future. Someone in wine looks out at a vineyard that has just been pruned and they see neat, organized, and possible. They look out and they see what is about to happen. They know that because they have been pruned, a harvest is coming. Jesus said, every branch that bears fruit, the vine grower prunes to make it bear more fruit. But let's be honest, pruning doesn't feel good. And it doesn't always look good. It feels as if things are getting taken away. Things that might have been grounding us in our life, or so we thought. Again, God as the gardener sees the pruning as just possibility for the future. That which seemed as if it is now sloughed off, God knows, oh, that is going to produce something so much more, so much more soon, not necessarily in the moment. I believe there are areas of my life, and I imagine of yours, that need to be pruned so that more fruit can be born. Maybe you're in a season of pruning right now and it doesn't feel really comfortable. When we are getting pruned, we are getting reshaped. And getting reshaped and molded, it doesn't necessarily feel comfortable, but God sees that it is about to produce amazing fruit. And I don't know about you, but my life needs more fruit. 
My life needs more possibility of love and joy, peace and patience. Imagine if in just one relationship in each of our lives, just one, more fruit of the Spirit could be born. What a difference that would make in our individual lives, let alone in the life of a community. A vine will produce produce more fruit after it is pruned, period. And so then the branch that remains is the one that has to abide. Jesus says, abide in me as I abide in you. In winemaking, abiding is absolutely critical. This is where Charlie really nerded out. If the grapes are pulled too soon, off of the branch, the phenolic acid will be too high, making the juice bitter. If the grapes stay on too long and are not offered and taken and harvested, the sugars will be too high, making the fruit too sweet. Now, this is the best thing about us being the branches. We're not the vine. We're not the one that produces the fruit. It comes, the fruit bearing comes from the source. It comes from the vine, which is Christ. Fruit bearing is not something that we can just do better. It doesn't, it's not determined by how well we play with others. It's not a competition. The pressure is off. Jesus says, you want to bear more fruit? Just abide in me. This isn't a competition. This isn't another thing in life to consume. This is simply just being in a relationship with Christ. And it's a relationship of dependence where the branch depends on the vine in order to bear the fruit. Now, many of us in this room are doers. We're gonna be ordaining a whole bunch of doers today in this space. We like to move towards a hurdle that we can jump over. We, we wanna know what the next mountain is that we need to climb in life or the next hill that we have to conquer. And this is a very important part of faith, the doing of faith, but that's not what this passage is about. This passage is about the being of faith. It is about abiding in the source, being dependent on Christ It means that when we move towards, when we conquer, when we jump over hurdles, we don't do it of our own guidance or our own will. We go where the true vine is directing us. We live under the guidance and leadership of Christ. We are dependent on Christ to nourish and sustain our lives so that we can then bear fruit. We don't become fruit bearers just by working harder. And what is it that that nourishment that Christ gives us that will allow us to bear fruit? Look what he says at the bottom of this passage in John. He says, as the Father has loved me, I have loved you. Abide in my love. The nourishment that Christ gives us is love. I have said these things to you so that your joy, my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Some versions it says, so that your joy may be perfect when we are nourished by Christ as the true vine, it pours joy and love into us. I remember when I took this job, one of my friends said, how are you gonna gonna love all of those people without loving 
the people in Atlanta less. Do you have room? And how are you going to remember their names without forgetting the names of the people in Atlanta? And it was like, it was, it was frightening. I was so worried that my capacity to love and remember was limited. And I am here to tell you, God was like, you are, but I am not. I am going to grow your ability. I'm going to infuse the ability that you have to love and to remember and to be filled with joy way beyond what you could do. And I can't believe it's kind of frustrating how much I love you. It, it is just, it, it's not even me. It is God giving me this, this love for, for all of you that is so much more than is humanly possible. Because God, I'm just trying to stay connected to that vine, abiding in Christ, letting him infuse me. The thing about wine making, and Charlie will be the first to tell you this, it is such a risky business, because as much as you could try to just master the science of it, to prune the vine just the way so that the leaves will shade the grapes, to make the soil what it needs to be, the, the vineyard owner cannot control the weather. And the vineyard owner cannot control natural disasters. So a few months ago, Charlie went to our local Valero to get some wine. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you which one because it actually has a really good selection. He comes back and he pours the wine. He's like, I cannot believe I got this deal. They always have the best deals. And he knows it's because they take all the clothes out wine. They poured it. And he, he, he took it and he did his thing and he was like, yep, smoke. And he held out the bottle and it said 2020 and that was the year of that awful glass fire that went through Sonoma and Napa. And so some of the grapes got tainted with smoke. I, I really couldn't tell it wasn't that big of a deal, so it was fine by me. <laughs> you see, it's a risky business to be in this fruit production that we are in as believers. Listen to what Pastor Caroline Lewis, she is my, my favorite seminary and up in Luther Seminary, this is what she says. She says, it will reveal who you are and on whom and what you depend. It will expose your lack of self-sufficiency. It will show others that there is no other way to be but to be dependent. Many will think it's weakness. Many will think the ties should be broken. Many will think, oh, I smell a little smoke. Doesn't seem right. Seems a little off. But friends, we have been called to bear fruit with Christ infusing into us as the true vine, abundant joy, abundant love that will make us complete. Will you join me in this fruit-making business? Maybe so in my life and in yours.